This week's In the Know podcast is brought to you by G&G Operators. Does getting ready and preparing for a product stress you out or make you second-guess your plans? Stop waiting and pull the trigger. G&G Operators make preparing your site easier than ever before. They have years of experience working with conditions in the area, specialized tools, and equipment that allow all aspects of your project from design to execution go without a hitch. Call today to start your projects, 806-244-4297. G&G Operators is excited to keep you in the know about Delhart ISD news and updates. That's 806-244-4297. In the know. To be knowledgeable or having access to information about something, being privy to special or new information, or this program on KXIT. It's time now for In the Know, brought to you by your Dalhart Connection, bringing our community together with new and important information with your host, Dyke Rogers, and this week's guest. Well, welcome to this week's edition of In the Know. I'm your host, Ike Rogers, and our guest today is Jeff Bird, Superintendent of Schools, Dalhart Independent School District. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having us. Jeff, we're getting kind of used to talking to you here, and, and sometimes I think, well, we're going to run out of something to talk about, but with the school district, there's never a lack of things to talk about, is there? Uh, there there's always something, and uh, according to my wife, I don't need much of a topic to talk for 20 minutes. Or so. <laughs> both in the same boat there. Uh, okay, first off, I mean, as we're having this conversation, there's snow everywhere right now. Yes, it may sir. not be by the time this airs, but right now there is. Oh, so absolutely. what are we doing? Well, we, we had in-service today, and if you can take anything good from COVID, uh, we, we did learn to work remotely uh, occasionally. The weather hadn't hit last night, but at the end of the day, we did not have school. I don't think people in town realize that a, a large population of our staff come in from out of town. We've got several staff members that drive back and forth from Amarillo daily. We've got some from Channing, Hartley. Uh, I, we hired a couple of folks from Oklahoma and New Mexico when they first started in the fall. They were commuting from out of state, and I honestly don't know if they've moved into town or not, but... Uh, you have to factor in those type of things. And at the end of the day, uh, educating and educating students is our job. But uh, I take a great deal of, of pride in the responsibility that it, we need to keep people safe. And if we've got better options and people driving to work on a day like today, we're going to take them. Uh, I'm probably a little bit overcautious. Um We'll get out and drive the roads tonight at 5 o'clock to determine if we need to have a delayed start, and then we'll get up in the morning and we'll check the roads again. Uh, people joke around that the superintendent has a, a lot of uh, pull when, when school gets closed, but my theory's always been once I get out of bed, I might as well make a full day of it. And when the weather's like this, I'm usually up between 3.30 and 4, and there's four or five of us. Uh, that help uh, our board president helps Bob Bailey and then we've got Joe Garcia and Gary Sneeder John it there's a lot of country to cover in Dallam and Hartley County and areas that we're concerned about so we check those so I, I don't take those uh, risk lightly but I'd rather start school two hours late and again primary focus with our bus drivers if there's black ice or if the roads are in poor condition my preference would certainly be for our bus drivers to be able to see those spots in, in daylight as opposed to trying to figure it out in the dark. Okay, well, Jeff, how many of our students would you say are bussed in or have to be driven in that don't live here in town? Well, uh, it's probably a small percentage. I, I would say somewhere between 5 and 10% that live outside the city, but we still bus all over town. 
uh, and we've got several bus stops at the park and at the Coliseum. And I drove a bus route the last week, the last almost two weeks of school, and I'd pick up 30 or 40 kids uh, at the apartment complex at the end of First Street as you're leaving town before you get to Noble Road. So that, that's a difficult question to answer as far as numbers. But in town, we pick up, I bet you, anywhere from 25 to 35 36 percent of our kids ride on a bus at some point wow now if you got the superintendent of schools out driving a bus is that because you're shorthanded or because you just want to know what's going on with the busing community well i would love to tell you it's because i want to know about the busing community but i do have a cdl and uh you know there's two ways to look at that as a community member we've got the highest paid employee in the district running a bus route but the way i look at that is there's a job that needs to be done and if we're not getting the kids to and from where they need to go, we're not we're not able to educate them when we get to school. So at the end of the day, uh, my my dad told me when I got my first superintendent job, he said, "You make dang sure you make friends with the maintenance and custodians, and you treat every secretary like a queen, and they'll have your back." And I, I try really hard to be a servant leader, and in my mind, if uh, somebody sees me grab a broom and sweep a gym floor or grab a mop and clean a mess up, or if I'm willing to jump on a bus and run a bus route, it'll, I hope that it'll be harder for them to tell me no when I ask them to help do something. Well, Jeff, that's one of the reasons that I love the idea that you're the superintendent of our schools, and that's, that's no smoke. It's just not all the time that you find servant leadership, but it's always needed, and yes, I think sir. always appreciated. Well, this is a kind of a time of year when we have the stock show too yes sir and the school is always deeply involved in the stock show because of those animals don't show themselves and they don't raise themselves and so somebody does that this community's always been supportive of the stock oh, show but tell me how it affects the school well you know first off i, I have a, a history in in stock show with my family uh my father's family raised uh, fine wool rambolets in West Texas, and my dad had a passion that he passed on to me, and uh, I've passed it on to my kids. I, I, I can't tell you honestly that that passion's passed on to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's you know I, I don't think that people understand if if you're if you're in the end you're in the end, and if you're not you're not. I, the outsiders look at that. I don't think they realize the work that goes into raising a project. And whether it's a rabbit, a chicken, you know, they've got turkeys showing in Houston now. Obviously, the big three are, are the swine industry, the lamb and goat industry, and the cattle industry. Uh, but I, I'm a firm believer, in, and I'm a former coach, and I certainly believe that, that there's great lessons to be learned on a field or a court and the accountability and the discipline and the structure you get from being around coaches. But, man, I'm telling you, when, when you show livestock – you're learning lessons that you can't read about in a book or can't be taught in a classroom. I mean, it's it's 30 degrees outside or better, 45-mile-an-hour wind, and it's snowing, but those lambs, goats, pigs, sheep, and cattle all need to be fed. They need to be exercised and uh, getting ready for the stock show. Those pigs and lambs and cattle all have got to be clipped and washed and clean. Uh, and it's it's a it's not just a commitment from the students it's a commitment from the entire family you know i i 
I joke around about when we moved to Dalhart with a special needs son, when my first superintendent job, Jake, was three years old. He was a cute little special needs baby, and everybody loved him. And we moved to Claude, and he was fixing to start kindergarten, and he's a cute little kindergarten kid. And we moved to Vernon, and he's still cute, but he's a little boy. He's a grown man, and he's different. Uh, and I'm uh, different has a different definition for me now, or normal certainly has a different definition. But, you know, my, uh, I was raised, you can't pick your kids' friends, and you can't determine who your child is going to hang around with. But Marlo and my philosophy is, is you try to provide an environment and surround your, your children with children you want them to be like. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no better group of students anywhere than the livestock and the ag kids. They are respectful. They're courteous. They have a work ethic. Uh, there's a lot of leadership qualities and skills that they learn. So for me personally, I have a great passion for that. With that being said now, I've been in some wonderful communities that really supported the livestock industry. But I'm telling you, you talk about a, I went to the sale Saturday last year, and the amount of money that our businesses and our individuals were willing to pony up to help these kids it it was one of the most humbling i get chill bumps thinking about how well our kids are supported here and you know it's just like you or i going to the grocery store a loaf of bread a a carton of eggs and a gallon of milk certainly can can put a dent in your wallet today well animal feed is no different Uh, it's it's a very costly um, project most of the time but our kids are able to do it and they're able to do it well because the community supports them so much financially it's really an exciting time i i don't know if this will be aired before the county stock show but if it is i would certainly encourage anybody listening just to go out and watch and help support the kids it's really a neat opportunity to witness the things that our kids are doing did you know g and g is a family-owned and operated business Dean and Gay are very excited to say that all of their children and their spouses play a role in the day-to-day work at G&G Operators. Their son, Chase Graham, is a current operations manager in Dalhart. Along with his wife, Rebecca Graham, she does any of the daily tasks that may arise. Chase Graham is also beginning to take over many of the daily responsibilities of the business. The oldest daughter, Chansey Graham Carrot, and her husband, Josh Carrot, own a trucking company that helps with the daily deliveries of a variety of products, along with assisting with the shop. The youngest daughter, Chanessa Graham Slamma, along with her husband, Judd Slamma, handle the day-to-day activities of handling feed for a large supplier here in Dalhart. G&G prides itself on being family-oriented and family-run, with all of the siblings, along with close family friend, Curtis Thomas, holding a partnership in the business. I can tell you from being involved down at um, West Texas A&M, the kids in the ag department uh, have a leg up on everybody else in in the university. They they seem to be uh, better trained, better equipped when they show up, and they uh, and they show well. Well, I would say in any facet of life, attitude and work ethic are going to be what gets you places and. You better have a positive attitude, and you, if you don't have a, a work ethic, you better learn quickly to have one, or you'll get left behind in that industry, I can promise you. That, that seems to be right. Well, listen, there's some celebration things going on around the school. Yes, sir. Region 16 just came up for some celebration. Talk to me about that a little bit. So we still don't have our A through F ratings from the state for the district and for each individual campus, but we do have individual data that the state has released. 
and the service center came out and, and we were the year before i got here uh the year before our our Mr. Blaine and Miss Jones were able to to were hired and to work on the intermediate campus. We we got A through F ratings, but they kind of limited those. If you were an A, B, or C, you got rated. But if you were a D or an F, they considered you not rated for whatever reason. Instead of saying you were a D or F, they just said you were a not rated campus. And there were some areas that we needed to focus on, some sub-pops groups that we needed to work on. We needed to improve our reading and our writing and our arithmetic scores, our math scores. And they came in and were able to analyze the data. We had several people from the service center that came and would meet with us bi-weekly with the administration and not and not throwing shade at anybody that worked in Dalhart previous to us being here at all. And, and a lot of what we did was at the request and encouragement of the service center, but we were able to analyze the data and target the areas that our students needed to grow in. And the week before school was out on Thursday, and uh, just as a reminder, our 9 through 12 campus is graded on five tests, our junior high is graded on in the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and our intermediate uh, campus is graded in 3rd, 4th, and 5th grade. The elementary doesn't test before the 2nd grade. However, whatever the intermediate scores are, they tie those to the elementary school. And we certainly want to be vertically aligned, and one of the things that Region 16 helped us do last year is is we really focused on vertical alignment what where the students needed to be when they left the intermediate or the elementary school in the second grade they'd be prepared for the third grade and so on and so forth and again we don't have an a through f rating but we showed an enormous amount of student growth across the board and all subpopulations to the point that the service center thought it was important enough to send staff members down here with cake and congratulate the students and the staff and certainly want to give a shout out to the elementary and intermediate school their administrators and teachers they worked their tails off last year and you know you've got to be able to crawl before you walk and you've got to be able to walk before you run we're certainly not where we want to be academically and maybe not even where we're going to need to be with the ever-changing school report card but at the end of the day if we're showing student growth in that norm why do we have school we have school to show student growth annually uh, so I'm very proud of our staff and our students and I'm really um, it, it takes a village I'm proud of our parents for committing and helping our kids understand the importance of taking the test seriously and uh, I think the intermediate and elementary have done a really good job of opening lines of communication with Dr. Hire and Mr. Blaine with the parents and sharing with the parents what's needed and what's required while we're making the decisions we're making. Uh, so uh, grateful to the service center for coming out, but I'm super proud of our staff and kids for the work they put in last year, and we're hoping to show that much growth again this year. Well, good. Well, communications is everything, and that's one of the reasons that I'm glad to be able to do this podcast with you is because I think you get a chance to express to the community some of the things that are going on in the school, the yes, things sir. that are need some improvement, the things that uh, that we ought to all be proud of. And I think we wouldn't know that if you weren't here telling us. And I just take this second to thank Gene enterprises for sponsoring this program uh, because i think it's an important uh, community service oh, uh, for them and for the school district uh, we're very appreciative
appreciative. Those guys are, are fantastic and great supporters of school, and we really appreciate their willingness to help us. Okay, now we got one last subject, and that's the bond update. Yes, sir. We voted on this a year ago. We've we've acquired some money. We've spent some money. Yes, sir. I haven't seen a building yet. Yes, so sir. what are we doing here? Well, we we one of the things that we did is we pulled the the lighting from the bond where I could negotiate that with several parties to expedite that process where hopefully the polls have been ordered uh, sometime this week obviously weather is going to delay that a little bit but the uh, people that won the bid that are going to put the lights in for us they've ordered the polls we've made our first initial payment usually what you do on those is big project like that you pay 50 percent up front so that they can get the materials they need to complete the project and then you pay the 50 40 to 50 percent at the end when the work's completed so uh, really quickly we're going to see a lot of work done on the baseball and softball field and Fingers crossed, if the polls come in in time, we'll have lights before the first baseball and softball game. If not, it'll be as quick as we can get them here and get them installed. Uh, at our December board meeting, we had a presentation from Corrigan. Uh, Mr. Blaine and his staff, he's got several teachers that are on a committee. Uh, Mrs. Nutter and myself and Central Administration and several board members have been able to be involved as time's allotted to be in the uh, design with Corrigan of the building. And as soon as I get the green light from them where we can release that, it's really exciting. It is a phenomenal, I think the, the community is going to be super pleased with the design and the structure of the building. Uh, again, that's going to be on the south side of the high school on Spirit Trail. Uh, as they've wrapped up the schematic design of the building, now we're going to move into the phase where we start working on Gallagher and we start doing bid list and bid. They'll put bids out for each individual job, the concrete, the groundwork, the electrical work, the plumbing work, the roofing. I mean, the list just goes on when you build a facility of this size. But they'll have a bid sheet. And, and people locally, if they're bonded and they're wanting and interested in putting in bonds or bids, they'll obviously have an opportunity to do that. Our goal is to have all of that process initiated in February, and then we're going to roll into March and have those bids approved. And if everything lines out and the weather allows it, maybe we can start breaking ground in April, early May. That would be great. Well, I was just thinking about the baseball, you know, and I've been to a few track meets here and a few <laughs> baseball games where you weren't sure if it was going to snow during the game or yes, not. Yes, sir. And so we may have lights, but are we going to have the snow when we start? Well, I'll tell you, I'm a former baseball coach, and uh, I love, absolutely love the Panhandle. We've lived in this is our fourth community in the Panhandle, and this is who we are and where we want to be, obviously. Uh, but And I'm very passionate about baseball. That's one of my favorite things in this world. Uh, but the people in Austin and San Antonio that make these decisions – uh, they don't have to worry about that like we do. You know, I mean, uh, I, I I still would like to know. I've asked several times and nobody will admit it, but I want to know who determined for these districts that have soccer that we're going to play soccer during the same time as basketball with T-shirt and shorts on. I've learned several valuable lessons as a baseball coach in the Panhandle. My first baseball scrimmage when I was in Dumas in 1996, we had an all-day scrimmage in Paladura against Paladura and when we left 
Dumas, it was 52 degrees, and I had a pair of baseball pants and a windbreaker. And our baseball coach was an old Marine, and he was hardcore, hard-nosed. And if there was daylight, we were going to play. I, I remember sweeping snow off the field so we could play. But on back to the story, we get to Paladura. It's 32 degrees, and the temperature's drastically dropping. And in about the fourth inning of the scrimmage, it starts snowing. And I've got nylon baseball pants and a windbreaker, and I think I chipped the enamel on my teeth because it was so cold. Uh, and from that point forward, I never leave my hometown without a winter park and overalls in my pickup because I'm going to be prepared. I will be over-prepared for cold weather. Yeah, whoever sets that schedule doesn't live in the panhandle. They, they do not. I think they, I think they like Brownsville pretty well. Well, Jeff, it's been great talking with you today. Uh, it always is. Uh, good things going on at the school. Uh, we'll hear from you again next month. And, yes, and But for this month, uh, thank you for the update. This has been In the Know, a part of the Dalhart connection be sure and go to kxit.com for past episodes and for other community information we'll see you in the next episode good afternoon and thank you for calling g&g transmix this is curtis how can i help you i was hoping to get some concrete supplies for a project i was wanting to start but i wasn't sure if you could help it's just a home project nothing like the giant projects i know you do for commercial buildings of course we can help we love bringing big small and in-between dreams come to life If you need 5 yards or 500, we would love to supply you with anything you need. We also have rebar, rebar chairs, wire mesh, and anything else you need for your concrete project. Perfect. I am so glad I called you today. Tell me about your dream, and I'll help you put together everything you need to make it happen. At G&G Transmix, they can help bring dreams of all sizes to life. Call them today at 244-4298, and they can get you any concrete or supplies you need. G&G Transmix is excited to keep you in the know about all Dalhart ISD news and updates.